0: Ready? I was born ready.
1: Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money by betting on current events on Earth, one of the most political planets yet discovered by scientists. I'm one of the hosts. My name is David. I'm joined by my co-host, John. Hello, John. Hey, David. Starley is off this week on a writing deadline, so John and I will try to soldier on, just the two of us. John, I think we can do it. What do you think? Okay. Wow, ringing endorsement from John Kimball. No, I think I no, I think I think we can get it done. I think we can get it done. We can get it done. Yes, we can. Hey, Obama campaign reference. Is that what that was? Yeah. Famous president.
0: Although I think it's like a women's empowerment thing too.
1: No, I think that's we can do it. Oh. Jesus, we're already lost without Starly. Yeah. Can't tell the difference between Obama and Rosie the Riveter over here. Yes, we can. We can do it. Well, we really just wanted to focus on, I don't know what I would say, I guess a handful? Yes. We want to focus on a handful of issues, stories, men. Basically, this episode is two men talking about two men. The two men that are talking are myself and John. The two men we'll be discussing, both are in the news in the context of resignation slash retirement. The first of these two men is former UNC basketball coach Roy Williams. The second of these two men, well, you'll just have to wait and see. All I can tell you is he's from Florida. He's a lot of fun, and he might be facing some seriously hot water down there in Florida. (laughs) John, why don't we start with Roy Williams? Big news last week concerning old Roy bring us up to speed.
0: Yeah. The university of North Carolina put out a release on, uh, April 1st, uh, 10 AM that said that Roy Williams will be stepping down, resigning as the head coach of the university of North Carolina, where he has been the head coach for the past 18 years. Before that, he was the head coach at the university of Kansas for 15. So he's been a head coach for 33 years. It was a bombshell. It was, um, Roy is 70 years old. He, uh, was going to retire sometime and it was probably going to be in the next several years or so. But I, I I, don't think people saw it ending this year. But it's over. It's the end of an era. How are you feeling? I'm a little nervous. You know, uh, coaches are pretty important in college basketball. I think a lot of people say that, oh, the schools recruit themselves and uh, UNC will be fine. But Roy Williams was a Hall of Famer. You know, he was a third winningest division one coach in history. Um, The only coach to win 400 games at multiple schools. I mean, this, he was a huge presence in the sport. There's not another Roy Williams out there uh, that we could grab. So um, I don't really know what's going to happen in terms of replacing him. I've tried not to focus too much on it, but, You know, right now we have no coach and we're in the middle of recruiting and you have this new transfer portal in college basketball where players can transfer and put their name in the portal. You got 1,200 player names in the transfer portal. And I don't think they're going to be wanting to transfer here if we don't have a coach. So UNC needs to hire a coach very soon. How long is the transfer portal open before it's closed by Klingons? That's a good question. I don't actually know that. Oh, my God. Sorry. I didn't know you were going to ask that question.
1: Sports Talk 101, transfer portal, depth, width, and length of duration. No, the transfer portal, all that stuff is new. Now you've got name,
0: image, likeness legislation coming into play where players are going to be able to be paid for their services. It's going to differ from state to state depending on the laws I don't understand all that either, but I do know that we
1: need a coach. John, we got old Roy Williams uh, turning his back on the Tar Heels. As a Tar Heel fan, and you've been one your entire life, do you take it personally? Do you think of this as a rejection from a father figure, or do you understand where Roy's coming from?
0: No, I understand where
1: Roy's coming from.
0: I I hate that he's retiring after this particular season, this COVID season, and in particular where Carolina wasn't particularly great. I mean, they were good enough to go to the Final Four. He swept Duke this Um, year. Were they good enough to go to the Final Four? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. They were good enough to go to the NCAA tournament. They swept Duke this year. You know, they won 18 games, but that final game he lost in the first round got absolutely blown out to Wisconsin. And... Yeah, I hate that that's the last game that he'll be a coach.
1: John, as long as we've got you on the line here, top five Roy Williams memories. What are your top five memories of old Coach Roy? Uh, Probably when
0: he first came back to Carolina. Before he came back to Carolina in 2003, he was coaching the Kansas Jayhawks in the national championship against Syracuse. And... His team was pretty tight. They missed a ton of free throws and they ended up losing that game. But there were a lot of rumors that Roy may be leaving Kansas and coming to UNC. And um, Bonnie Bernstein interviewed Roy after the game and kept asking about the UNC job when he just wanted to talk about his players and how much he loved them. And Roy famously finally said, I don't think what you're doing is very nice. And the truth is, I don't give a shit about North Carolina. Dropping the S-bomb. Yeah. Roy Williams, potty mouth. Yeah, exactly. Very, a little emotional. Uh, that's, that's one of my memories.
1: Number four memory up next. Number four Roy Williams memory from longtime caller John Kibble here on Sports Talk for
0: Uh, Probably just Roy coming to Carolina, announcing he's going to be the coach. And then the next three are going to be him winning the national
1: championship in 05. These memories are too generic. I'm talking about memories that give us a sense of the man, not just the tactician. Yeah, I don't have it. Not just the public figure, but Roy, the avid golfer. Roy, the Coca-Cola enthusiast. Roy, the blue blazer rocker. Roy, the argyle sock annihilator.
0: Yeah, Roy likes to throw his jacket when he gets angry. Likes to have Royisms and talk about dagum and frickin' and this team and a colorful character. Right, an old country guy from in the mountains of North
1: Carolina. And your favorite memory is like, I really liked it when he announced that he was going to be the head coach of UNC. That was a great memory. <laughs> <laughs> the way we talk about Roy Williams, obviously, is the way we talk about a lot of politicians. The politician has resigned unexpectedly. There's a scramble to figure out who will replace him. What if it was the governor of North Carolina that picked Roy's successor? Like when senators resign early, it's usually the state governor that picks their successor, right? To fill out the remainder of their term before a special election. That's interesting. You know, Roy
0: Cooper, the governor of North Carolina- Very confusing
1: down in North Carolina because the two most important people are named Roy. So Roy Cooper is
0: is, is a big-
1: UNC fan,
0: um, I would feel pretty comfortable with him making the choice.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's rocket science, you know, Bubba Cunningham is the athletic director at UNC and they ask him, you know, who are you going to choose? And he was like, guys, look, I know who the best coaches are out there. You guys know who the best coaches are out there. I'm going to try to get the best coach to come. Yeah. We'll see who that is, whether it's somebody who has a connection to UNC, or if it's someone who's more of a hired gun that comes from the NBA. In the past, UNC has always chosen coaches that have some sort of connection to the university. You have to go back 70 years to when UNC hired Frank McGuire away from St. John's to find a hire that was outside of the quote-unquote family And the thing is, in terms of coaches within the family right now, there aren't that many great coaches. Roy Williams, back when he came to Carolina, not only was he in the family, but he was also the best available coach there was. So he was a no-brainer. What are the defining characteristics of the family? It's just got to be somebody who either played or coached with UNC, with Dean Smith, uh, with Roy Williams, somebody who went to Carolina, somebody who has to have a connection to UNC. So you've got coaches out there like Wes Miller. who's the current coach at uh, UNC Greensboro. He played under Roy Williams back in 07. You've got Hubert Davis, who's a former player under Dean Smith and who went on to play in the NBA for the Knicks. And he has been an assistant coach under Roy for the last nine years or so. So he's somebody who might be able to take over.
1: But he doesn't have any head coaching experience. If you had to, could you coach the team for one season? No. If it was either that or a mad scientist was going to blow up the world? (laughs) No. Really? You don't think you could? No. Not even to be like, listen, guys, I'm in a little bit over my head. Just try your best. Let's run some uh, suicide sprints here. I could probably win 10 games, maybe. Yeah.
0: Just on the talent of the team. But they'd essentially be coaching themselves because I don't know how to trap and uh, zone defenses and draw up plays and
1: stuff. Just get your whiteboard, your magic marker, Arrows, X's, and O's, man, that's all it is. Diamond defense. We're playing something called diamond defense today, fellas. All right. And you think if I was coaching against Coach K, that would work out for me? Yeah, because you'd be in chaos mode. (laughs) It's the sort of anti-strategy. Shashevsky would just be bewildered. He'd be like, I don't know, man. I thought this game would be a romp, but this guy Long John Silver with his diamond defense, I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what he's going to do next. Now he's on his phone? What's he doing on his phone? It's the middle of a basketball game. Yeah, maybe I could do it. If there had been a Roy Williams resignation market on Predict It the way there is an Andrew Cuomo resignation market and a Matt Gates resignation market, would you have bet that it was going to happen by May 1st? You know, at the end of the Duke game
0: this year, Roy kissed the floor there at the Dean Smith Center as he was walking off the court. And there were a lot of jokes about, oh, my gosh, what does that mean? Because that had happened in 1998 when Antoine Jameson and company had lost in the Final Four, and they all kissed the court as they walked off, and then they declared for the draft. So a lot of people worried that it might happen, but then Roy denied it and said he, it didn't mean anything and that he just made his decision in the last few weeks. I don't know if I totally believe that, but if you if that market were there— I definitely would have bought yes
1: into that market when he kissed the floor. The wave riding would have been incredible after that floor kiss. Right. If we could get him on this podcast, what would you want to talk to him about? Probably not golf. He's a big time golfer. Yeah, he's too into golf, man. And he's really good, apparently. I know. It's kind of weird that he's a really good golfer.
0: Yeah, at his age, he doesn't
1: like play on the senior tees or anything. John, I had a dream he- last night about golf. I just remembered. Whoa i was having a I was having a conversation with somebody. All right. And the subject of golf came up, or we were looking at a golf course or something. And I said, "I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't respect golf." I said, "Golf is everything I don't like about society," and I felt like such a cornball in the dream as I was saying it. Is that interesting? I know you love my dream reports, and that just came to me. I was dreaming about golf.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. I always enjoyed
1: watching golf.
0: I have sort of found it relaxing and sort of interesting to watch. Sunday
1: afternoon golf tournaments on the TV when you get home from church. Yeah, they're kind of beautiful. You know, the green and everything,
0: and you're just like, oh, yeah, they're going to hit the ball in there.
1: Exactly, and that's the energy level of the announcers. He's coming up to the ball now, and uh, he's four par under bogey for this hole here at Augusta. He did it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: We'll be right back with more of the Masters Tournament. I'm Joe Asuzu. This car is terrific. Remember that character? Oh man. What fun we had in our in our youth watching television. I think watching TV was more fun when we were younger than it is now. Huh. Mm, let me I'm gonna think about that. I might not stand by that theory. This is a political podcast. Let's talk about Roy's more or less veiled political sensibility and where that fits into North Carolina college basketball coaching. Uh, John, what can you tell us about old Roy's political allegiances?
0: I mean, I, I think um, Roy has definitely shown uh, more of a liberal bent in recent years than in the past, where I think he was probably just sort of apolitical. Carolina famously scrimmaged with Barack Obama uh, back in 2008, um, and, you know, Roy and Obama have, have sort of had a mutual admiration society between the two of them since that happened. Uh, and then Carolina won the national championship in 2009 and went to the White House. So he's definitely spoken in favor of Obama and Democratic politicians. I wouldn't say he was like Dean Smith, but and also Roy has spoke, spoken out about Black Lives Matters. So I'm sure Republicans are probably annoyed by
1: Roy at times. Compared to Mike Krzyzewski, who we've always assumed is more conservative, but I'm not sure that holds now. I think like with a lot of conservative elites, Trump has kind of muddied the waters. Right. Yeah, I don't think Krzyzewski would be a Trump guy, but he did
0: famously hold a uh, fundraising party for Liddy Dole. Bob Dole's wife. When she was running for Senate in North Carolina as a Republican.
1: What's your favorite thing about basketball, John?
0: Uh, Not recruiting. I don't like recruiting. I don't think that's particularly fun. I love
1: the tournament. I love big-time rivalry games. Here we go. Big-time rivalry games. (laughs) Who's gonna win this centuries-old feud between these two powerhouses of college basketball? They call it, they call it Tobacco Road. They call it They call it Tobacco Road. You got UNC on one end and Duke on the other. And when they come together, motherfuckers gonna rub it. Call it, they call it Tobacco Road. They call it, they call it Tobacco Road. Don't you
0: find it weird that they call it Tobacco Road? No, it makes sense. But we're from here and nobody calls this area Tobacco Road.
1: Sports announcers often make reference to a mythical Tobacco Road. This is the dividing line or the connecting channel between UNC and Duke. And they always say, Tobacco Road. The battle of the blues on Tobacco Road. It, it can also refer to NC State or
0: Wake Forest, which Wait, is in what? Manson, Salem. No. Yeah, it can. Tobacco Road is just North Carolina because there's tobacco everywhere.
1: I've spent my whole life thinking Tobacco Road was just UNC and Duke. It was the 15501 or whatever connects. That. Yeah.
0: 15501, notorious tobacco plants growing all over it.
1: How can a single road, that's like a tobacco matrix. That's not a road. If you can include NC state and did you say wake forest, wake forest is part of tobacco road. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a pastor watching the little Nas X video. Like, what are you talking about? That's an abomination. No, Wake Forest is part of it. They call it, they call it, Tobacco Matrix. Connecting all these schools in a huge fucking matrix. They call it, they call it the Tobacco Matrix. Take the red cigarette. Take the blue cigarette. What if they remade the matrix about tobacco and it was all tobacco-based? I'd like that. (laughs) The cigarette (laughs) version of the matrix. (laughs) I mean, yeah, the money that built the University of North Carolina, that built Duke. A lot of money up in smoke. Get it? Yeah. We should mention, John and I are recording this on a Sunday, the day after an already legendary game of tournament college basketball. John, what did we see last night on the basketball court between UCLA and Gonzaga? Did you watch it? I watched the, I mean, I've seen the shot. I was actually recording some drone music, so I wasn't actually watching the game.
0: (laughs) Well, I did not watch the first game, thank goodness, uh, because it was a total snoozer and a blowout. That was a one and a two seed. And then this game was a one and an 11 seed. So you would think if that first one was a blowout, this one was definitely going to be a blowout. But UCLA
1: just played, incredible. UCLA was the 11 seed. As did Gonzaga. And Gonzaga was the one seed. And they both shot
0: over 58%. It was actually the highest combined field goal percentage in the final four since the 1985 title game between Georgetown and Villanova. I mean, that was a game where just nobody missed. So, That game last night was incredible. Nobody was missing. No one was backing down. There was no separation between them. There were 19 lead changes. It was really exciting considering that there were hardly any fans, even there, watching it. And the way it ended was it got sent into overtime, and it looked like it was going to go into double overtime when UCLA was able to score on a – Put back with three
1: seconds to go and tie the game. And then Gonzaga threw the ball in. Three seconds on the clock, tie game. What was it? 90 90, right? Yeah. Threw the ball in, did not call a
0: timeout. You know, that's just like Roy right there. That might be Mark Few sending a little message that he's open to the UNC job.
1: Here we go. Secret message. I knew we could, yep. Here we go. I've been re-watching the Bureau. I see secret messages every, everywhere I look. Someone is sending a secret message about getting recruited by the DGSE. So tell me about this message, because I was seeing some messages last night. He rushed right down the court
0: and threw up a 40-footer at the buzzer with three four-tenths of a second left and nothing frustrates me more than a player that panics and is like, I got to get it off in time. And then they shoot it with like two seconds left on the clock and they
1: could have gotten 15 feet closer. Disgusting, I hate that as well. It makes me sick to my stomach. So he got as close as he possibly could, which was still very far away. He was still at a fair distance from the basket. It must be said. Yes, yes,
0: it was just over the mid court line. And uh, put it up and it banked in. At the buzzer, and they won the game. Oh, just a wild finish to see two potential game winners that close back-to-back. It actually gave me sort of PSD to how the 2016 title game ended, where Marcus Page from UNC was able to hit this wild double-clutch three-pointer with four seconds to go to tie the game. And then we all know what happened. Villanova threw the ball in and went down and— hit a three at the buzzer, same way. I'd say it was one of the, the greatest games in college basketball, up there with uh, maybe Duke-Kentucky in, in 1992 where Leitner hit a shot. God,
1: that sucked. Christian Leitner, legendary Duke player.
0: Yeah, Kentucky, I think, scored with 1.1 seconds, and then Grant Hill threw it in the length of the court, and Christian Leitner caught it and scored, and he did not miss a single
1: shot that game. He's the greatest of all time. We have to give respect to Christian Leitner. He's one of the greatest of all time. In terms of the college players, yeah, absolutely hated that guy. You have to say it. You have to say it, John. Say, I love Christian Leitner. I respect Christian Leitner. Say, I love Christian Leitner. I don't. I would give anything to cuddle with Christian Leitner. No. There's a big fight in our culture, pitting brother against brother, sister against sister, Other against other. Is college basketball better than professional basketball?
0: (laughs) I enjoy it more, but it's definitely not better. No, no. I mean, there's just the skill level is not nearly as good as the NBA. And particularly the skill level in college basketball has fallen off now that you have players that go pro after after one year. It used to be that players would stay a lot longer. That 1982 national championship team that Carolina had, it had Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and James Worthy. You just don't have teams like that nowadays. But the NBA, you know, it's not as exciting in some ways because they just
1: like never miss. Here we go. This is, this is the take I've been waiting for, for all these NBA snobs out there.
0: Yeah, college is just chaos. The kids make dumb mistakes. They throw up wild
1: shots. They don't really know what the score is. And that's why we love these kids. And that's why it's kind of fun. Yeah. The final few seconds of that game last night is like the most college basketball energy when they, when it's like come down to just a few seconds and the kids are all just like totally fucking freaked out, just like scrambling around wondering what's going to happen just like we are. NBA basketball is like, it's like Joe Satriani or it's like some technically amazing guitarist who can do everything they want, but it's like, man, it's not it's not as fun because it's not as panicked. It's not as manic. I'm not saying they're, that college basketball players don't know how to play basketball. Like they're really good at basketball. Most of them could probably beat me one-on-one, frankly. But, you know, it's like a garage band or something. It's just a little bit. It's like, it feels like everything's going a little too fast. Then you turn on an NBA game and it's just like so smooth. They're all hitting shots from 200 feet away. Swish, swish.
0: Yeah, and you can't even tell when the ball goes in the net because sometimes
1: it doesn't even hit the net. You're just like, am I watching a video game here? The NBA sucks. The I'm like that guy in heavy metal parking lot talking about Madonna. Madonna sucks. The NBA sucks.
0: Here's the thing that sucks about the NBA is that you can call a timeout at the end of the game and just automatically advance the ball past midcourt. In college, if there's one second left, you can't throw the ball in, call a timeout, and then get the ball at midcourt. In college, if there's one second left, you have to go 94 feet and get a shot off. If that were the NBA last night, they would have called a timeout. And then they would have advanced the ball to midcourt and thrown it in. And it wouldn't have been nearly as exciting as what we saw. It's cheating. It's cheating. They're not the ones who need to be able to cheat. Yeah. I don't understand why you get rewarded for having those timeouts.
1: So I'm going to say, you don't have to co-sign with this, John, but I'm going to say the NBA stinks and they should abolish the NBA. Yeah, I said it. If you want to keep playing basketball, you have to stay in college. You have to stay in college until you're in your 40s. Just keep taking more and more classes. Keep playing for the college team. Maybe you get a little money from licenses or whatever they're working on in the NCAA. Yeah, maybe they'll get a little more money now and they'll stick around. But you got to keep that scrappy spirit. You got to keep that scrappy spirit. Now everyone's going to write in and be like, James Harden has a scrappy spirit. He's crazy. He's not Joe Satriani. I don't want to hear it. Nobody write me in about this take. This might be the last time we ever talk about sports at all. Nah, Starley always wants to talk about sports. Yeah, I know. That's true. She's always trying to talk about those big games, those big rivalries. Welcome back, EPM Sports Talk 420. your home for sports discussion all day long. Driving to work, we're talking about sports. Driving home from work, we're still talking about sports. Wake up in the middle of the night in a blind panic, Turn on the radio? Yeah, that's us. Talking about sports. We've got Long John Silver on the line, our in-house analyst ready to dish the dirt. John, we're taking a look now at the state of Florida. There's a rep down there, a minor league kid if you ask me. He's found himself in a bit of hot water. Why don't you summarize this incredibly wholesome and easy to follow story?
0: Oh man, you're going to make me summarize this? It's
1: complicated, I'll say that. Oh, you think? <laughs> Are there any elements to this Matt Gates scandal? Yeah. Let's try to really, I was going to write them all out as a cheat sheet, but then I thought, you know what, this is, you know, I used to memorize poetry to keep my mind active. And now I'm, you know, instead of memorizing um, Emily Dickinson or Robert Frost, now it's just memorizing the timeline of the Matt Gates scandal. All right, let's do it. Matt Gates, Florida representative. You want to talk about someone with a big head? I know I have a big head, but there's something about his head that looks especially big. I think because his features are kind of small mm-hmm. and kind of clustered in the middle of his face. He's un- He looks unusual. He looks like a handsome man that you're looking at when you're on drugs, and so it becomes a little uncanny.
0: He looks a little bit like Bill Mitchell.
1: Bill Mitchell, our old, our old, the old Twitter... Um, Conservative analyst, the legend, Bill Mitchell. I completely forgot all about him.
0: Your voice, America. Banned from Twitter. Gone and forgotten, apparently.
1: I've always thought that Matt Gates looks like a different Bill, who is Reverend Billy of the Church of Stop Shopping, if you remember that phenomenon from back in the day. No, I don't. Reverend Billy. He was like a performance guy and an activist guy, and he ran something called the Church of Stop Shopping, and he would dress like an old televangelist and show up at like protests or maybe Nike stores opening. And he would preach the gospel of not buying stuff and destroying the environment.
0: I thought you, when you referred to Reverend Billy, you were talking about Billy Graham because he does look like a, a young Billy Graham,
1: sort of. He's got the head, he's got the hair. And dare I say, he's got the flair. But now that handsome derriere might get plopped in out of his house chair. So here's the deal. Matt Gates basically a <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. He's just a rich, he's a rich kid. And he was, he was buddies with the tax collector for what was it? Pensacola County in Florida. This tax collector, Greenberg. What was his name? Joel Greenberg. I'm trying to do this all from memory. So all you people who listen to the daily and are correcting me and tut tutting me, I'm doing this from memory. The tax collector of Pensacola, Florida, it's like if a 4chan thread was a person, he got this position. He started investing taxpayer money in like Bitcoin servers. He told everyone in his office to wear a gun to work, to open carry guns to work. And then he had an issue with the IDs, okay? He had access to driver's licenses. And those driver's licenses are supposed to be destroyed when they're not in use. But instead, this fellow Greenberg and Matt gates I guess there's footage of Matt Gates going into the office at night and perusing these IDs. Really? That's why they got, yeah, that's what happened was somebody called... I think, all from memory, no cheat sheet, I think somebody called Greenberg and said, why are there people in your office looking at these IDs that are supposed to be destroyed? And Greenberg called Gates and was like, bruh, you can't go in my office. And Gates is like, oh, I'm sorry, it won't happen again. Greenberg was saving the IDs because he and Gates were paying young women for sex. I guess it was like a sugar daddy relationship if everybody knows what that is. Older guys pay younger women to spend time with them and they give them money and stuff. I think it's like a more subtle twist on the classic escort model. I'm not sure what the difference is. I guess it's a sustain it's like, a, it's like Patreon. It's a sustaining membership type of thing, like NPR or something. But these are really young girls. Right, so the problem is that apparently there's an indictment that Greenberg made a fake ID for a 17-year-old girl so that she would appear to be of age as they traveled across state lines for the purposes of coitus. I th- if I understand it, if I understand it, it literally qualifies as sex trafficking, which mm-hmm. is a pretty serious crime in Florida as long as everywhere else. Okay, but that's not all because these two guys, oh my God, Greenberg and Matt Gates also called and left this really weird voicemail messages for a Democratic Florida politician, a woman, and the message is very creepy and bullying. It's like fake flirty. Have you listened to this message yet? No, no, I, I don't know any of this. You've, you've been too wrapped up in this basketball tournament. Yeah. I'm all up in this Gates tournament. Yeah, I knew there was a thing about a 17-year-old girl. I didn't know all this gross. You didn't know that the guy was mining Bitcoin with taxpayer no.
0: money? No. No, I didn't know. it.
1: This is blowing my mind. Did you? Okay. The other thing was that Matt Gates apparently showed nude photos and videos. I knew that. Of his young lovers to other representatives on the floor of the house. That is Disgusting. This poor capital has been so debased in the last year. Imagine being the U.S. Capitol. I mean, obviously, you've seen a lot of shady shit go down in your halls and and fora or whatever. But you're the U.S. Capitol, and you're looking down, and you see Matt Gates and a bunch of people looking at his phone, and he's showing them nudes. If you're the capital, you're like, man, don't do that in here. I'm the capital. I'm supposed to represent our highest aspirations as a democratic society. Go do that in the high school cafeteria, you punk months later, getting invaded by these yahoos trying to burn everything down? Poor U.S. Capitol.
0: Yeah, the the guy's 38 years old in doing this. I mean, at any age doing this is disgusting. But I mean, there's some arrested development going on with this guy to be having this silly games and, and showing photos of his, what he considers his conquests.
1: It's really weird. I like this theory. The arrested—because when you read about all of it, the overall tone or sensibility, I would say, is this just feels like the worst of high school behavior. It's fucking fake IDs and doing ecstasy with teenage girls and paying them with Apple Pay. It's like a weird high school kid's fantasy of what it would be to be a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. It's gross. Fake IDs? They're dealing with fake IDs. That's literally what children do. <laughs> fake IDs. There was a time in our life where our every waking thought was consumed by fake IDs. <laughs> fake IDs, like the Bitcoin of its day, the inscrutable currency of the ultra-progressive. Did you ever have a fake ID? No, I didn't care. I was straight-edge back then.
0: Yeah, I was too. I never had a fake ID. Yeah, I'd have been terrified to have a fake ID.
1: These are literally men in their late 30s getting fake IDs for basically high school girls. But I think you're right. A lot of it must just be arrested development. Matt Gates apparently is a complete fucking idiot, but his dad was really rich and a big influence in Republican politics down in Florida. So it feels like, you know, Don Jr., another legendary man who we all respect... Another case of maybe an, oh, an overpowering dad and just having a fucked up childhood and it just leaves you kind of fucked up because this Matt Gates thing is incredible. Did you know that he grew up in the Truman Show house? Yeah, he grew up in the house where they filmed the Truman Show.
0: Let's just say the
1: writers, uh, no. Do it, do it. If you can nail this, it'll be amazing. I, I can't nail it. Do it, <laughs> do it. <laughs> what, what, you what do writers it? and I'll do bingo card. Okay. Let's just say the writers
0: went a little... What do you say? I forgot.
1: The writers are really just phoning it in at this point when something's really crazy. And then you say, I didn't have Matt Gates under suspicion of creating fake IDs for 17-year-olds on my 2021 bingo card. But I'll take it. <laughs> that was good. I'm not done with the Matt Gates facts because we haven't even talked about Nestor. Remember Nestor, his son? Yeah. We got that whole thing going on. Also, he's engaged to be married. It turns out he's a proud fiancé. I read his Twitter bio. To whom? A woman. A wonderful woman who's, who he met at Mar— I think he literally met this woman at Mar-a-Lago. God. It's crazy. It's, it's, yeah. So now we turn to the financial element. And I don't mean the misuse of public funds for buying Bitcoin. I'm talking about Predict It. John, you know I love my resignation markets and nothing makes me happier than to log on to Predicted and look at all my resignation markets and find out that I'm totally fucked in every single market. Will Cuomo resign before May 1st? What an investment. I've lost almost 100% of that investment. But lo, how my heart skipped a beat when I logged on and saw Will Matt Gates resign before May 1st, another May 1st deadline for a high profile resignation. Of course I invested. I bought 100 shares, yes, at 30 cents. Matt Gates will resign before May 1st. And guess what? That's underwater, too. Why is it underwater, John? Why do I keep making the same mistakes over and over again? You know what? I don't think you've made a mistake. Uh, if you had, I have
0: made the same mistake because I went in yesterday. <gasps>
1: you got into it?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have these offers out that haven't gotten filled, but one did get filled. I, I just have 25 shares that I got at 26 cents. So I'm up 50 cents at the moment. And I have a bunch more shares in the 25 and 24 cent range. Yeah. This is a pretty good return. If he does end up resigning, I figure, yeah, you know, I buy hundred shares. The worst I can do is lose 25, 26 bucks. I think it might happen. I think it might happen too. I, I'm tempted to buy a lot
1: more. He's getting no support outside of uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan, apparently. It's kind of like the situation with Cuomo with the Democrats in Albany. He's just actually not that popular within his party. Trump hasn't come out with any statement of support, even though Matt Gates is all about licking Trump's boots, right? Licking his face, licking his toes, Looking his tummy. And a
0: lot of times, these resignations are part of a, a plea deal. The thing is, how close are they to potentially charging him with anything?
1: Oh, man. I kind of want to go look at my Matt Gates updates and see if I expressed everything. But I also kind of like trying to just do it from memory. And I hope that if I missed anything— Well, you missed the big extortion thing. Apparently, he's being extorted. Oh, (laughs) I forgot about the Iranian hostage stuff. Yeah. his dad's wearing a wire. Yeah. This story, let me put it to you this way. This story, if true, is a real humdinger. The elements (laughs) of this entire caper. It's like burn after reading meets... I don't know what I don't know what it means. So Matt Gates when this stuff started coming out said, "Okay, the reason I'm going to talk about this is my family is being extorted for what was it? 45 million dollars by a corrupt Department of Justice officials who want to blackmail us. They say that unless we pay them millions of dollars, these funds will be used to secure the release of an American hostage in Iran. But that's just kind of like I can't really figure out how that fits into anything. It just feels like a weird, random, wacky detail. Yeah, it sounds like he is being extorted in a sense. Um, but apparently
0: the guy who's extorting him has been involved in all sorts of shady dealings and has been obsessed with rescuing this hostage who uh, the FBI or the CIA say that the, this hostage is not alive anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't understand that at all. But Matt Gates said, my dad is even wearing a wire. Because we're trying to entrap this corrupt agent. He's not a current agent. Was he's a, he's just an
0: attorney in Florida. Uh, and maybe he, I I don't know. Was he an agent at some point? I I don't know how he got this information. It's a lot to keep up with. There's many there's many moving parts here. Josh Marshall's on it. Talking Points Memo.
1: Talking, you getting give a free shout out to TalkingPointsMemo.com?
0: Yeah, I just did.
1: Now, is that everything about Matt Gates, or am I forgetting something? We got the wiretap. We got his dad being involved. We got the hostage in Iran. We got Nestor. We got him sharing n- nude photos on the floor of the house. We got the Bitcoin mining. We got the fake ID securing. Oh, we forgot about Apple Pay. Paying these women with Apple Pay. These women that they would pay to spend time with them. They would enjoy. Oh, and the fucking drugs. We all forgot the drugs.
0: What drugs?
1: I don't know. MDMA, baby. He was rolling on Molly. He was taking ecstasy. They were all, they would find these women. They would pay for their services using Apple Pay and stuff like Venmo. They didn't pay them cash. They paid them with traceable digital PayPal type stuff. Then, according to the women, they would all get high on drugs and then make love. Mm. I forgot about it. I forgot so many things. It's so incredible. It's a maelstrom. It's a maelstrom of unseemly behavior. And then he
0: voted against all this uh, sex trafficking legislation.
1: He is the only person to vote against the sex trafficking law. You would think that's an easy vote, the anti-sex trafficking legislation. Matt Gaetz was like, "Mm, this might be hitting a little close to home, and I don't want to be judged as a hypocrite (laughs) because that's fatal to any politician's career. They're (laughs) not going to call me out for this hypocrisy on Twitter. No, no, no. (laughs) You will not catch me in this honey trap of hypocrisy. I will not vote against the sex trafficking legislation because, motherfucker, I'm literally sex trafficking. (laughs) Oh, I think, that, I think that's everything. I think that is everything. So the question is, is he going to get arrested slash indicted by the end of the month? In which case, I'm hoping his resignation will be tendered immediately. I don't know. How, I mean, obviously, in this market, it doesn't say he's not in office by May 1st. It says, will he resign? Which is different from them kicking him out. But if they're going to kick him out,
0: he'll resign.
1: Come on Matt Gates please resign please resign. Come on Justice Department
0: please indict.
1: Right. I mean the other thing we should mention is this all started under Trump's. This is not brand new. This was not the Biden administration deciding to bring down a leading MAGA nitwit. This stuff started under Bill Barr. Of the Trump Justice Department, which, you know, makes people say, oh, this must be some real shady shit if even they decided to go after it.
0: But the funny thing is, the guys who were trying to extort him, the whole plan was, we're going to free this American hostage from Iran with the $25 million that your dad gives us, and then we're going to fly you back on the plane with him, and you're going to be part of the rescue crew. And then, because of that, the justice department is going to maybe drop the charges or if they do charge you because you're a national hero. Now <laughs>
1: Joe Biden <laughs> is going to pardon you. I mean, seriously, give well, me that Joe Biden uh, pardoning Matt Gates market. Cause that's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Trump, you know what, if Trump were
0: still in office, I bet Gates and his dad would be like, all right, Let's go for it. Sir? Oh, fuck yeah. I bet they would have gone for it because there was an actual real possibility that that could happen. But they were like, no, Biden's not going to pardon us.
1: So they were like, we'll just go straight to the FBI. Come on, Matt Gates. Come on, Matt Gates. Cuomo, you're a dead end. You're going to stay in office forever. I'm taking my Cuomo winnings and putting it all into,
0: uh, into this. See, it's house money right now.
1: The size of relief that must be coming from the governor's mansion in Albany because nobody's talking about Cuomo anymore. no. It's all Matt Gates. So you're in, you're in with me. Yeah, I'm totally in with you. May 1st, we have less than a month, Matt Gates. Let's get you resigned. I need to make this money. This would be a great return. I mean, none of my, I'm not doing well in any of these damn markets. If Andrew Yang becomes the winner of the New York City mayoral election, I'm fucked. I am doing okay, in my Gavin Newsom will not be recalled market, but that's not a huge return because that's a given. And for the first time ever, I am showing green in Trump not being the GOP 2024 presidential nominee. Oh, good.
0: Yep. Congratulations.
1: John, final thoughts about Roy Williams and what comes next for the UNC men's basketball program.
0: I think Carolina will have a coach by this weekend. I think Carolina is under the gun. They have to hire somebody in the next week that uh, limits the potential candidates. I think they're going to look at some big-time candidates, which are possibilities, If even if they still might be somewhat of a long shot. And I think that will be Mark Few at Gonzaga, who might be playing for a national championship tomorrow night, or he will be playing, and he may win it. I don't know whether he wins or loses if that changes the calculation of him leaving. He's 58 years old. He's been at Gonzaga for 21 years. He's from Washington State. He may just be the type of guy who wants to stay out there at this point. I mean, North Carolina and Washington State are almost opposites. And he's at a small Catholic school and he's going to go to a huge state school with a lot of politics involved. So I don't know. The other person is Brad Stevens, who was a former coach at Butler, who went to -to back-to-back title games and is now the coach of the Boston Celtics. I think they'll give him a shot too. I don't know if they have enough money to pay either one of those guys. And if it's not them, they're going to keep it in-house and hire someone within the family. And that's going to be Hubert Davis or Wes Miller.
1: And who knows what happens with that. We'll see. Remember when Dagum Roy, the Roy Williams parody Twitter account, got political? Oh, yes. During the Trump administration, and people got so pissed. <laughs> oh, my God people were so mad at that Twitter account for tweeting about Trump and Trump being a criminal.
0: Yeah, that was
1: great. Dagum Roy. I used to think that was you because I do know that you've had multiple secret UNC-related Twitter accounts over the years. Yeah. But you're not Dagum Roy, right? Nope, nope. It really fits your profile, but I'll take your word for it. Do you have a thought on who UNC will hire? I, I mean, it would be cool if it was Hubert Davis, but it kind of makes me think of Matt Doherty. I know their personalities are not similar, they are not similar.
0: Hubert is such a nice guy. He's like one of the nicest people on earth, and that's one of the reasons I'm most nervous about him. I need a coach that's got a little bit of a junkyard dog in him.
1: Oh, so you think Hubert Davis might be too polite for the job? You want a brawler a little bit. What if it was Matt Gates? I mean, fuck it, man. What if they announced it was Matt Gates? How mind-blowing would that be? I mean, he can wear crazy suits. You're right. You're right. And Roy Williams was famous for some crazy suits. And Matt, and Matt Gates kind of looks, now that I think about it, Matt Gates mm. kind of looks like a second-tier men's college basketball coach. It is so easy to imagine a photo of him screaming from the sidelines and pointing at some guy about an inbound pass or something. No, I can see it. So that's what you're guessing? It's going to be him? No, I don't think UNC will choose Matt Gates to be the new men's basketball coach. That would just be too much.
0: But they got to at least interview
1: him. You, you're right. They do have to at least interview him. They would say, we hear that you're looking for something new uh, job-wise. You might be resigning. Our coach just resigned. Seriously, I would interview him just so I could ask him about what's going on. He used to be like, before we get down to the interview and your coaching philosophy, we'd like to know, Mr. Gates, just what exactly is going on with you? What is the deal? he would be like, man, this is all a conspiracy. They're trying to silence MAGA, blah, 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 blah. Be like, yeah, no, we we understand all that. We understand all that. Were you really stealing fake IDs out of the Pensacola County's tax collector's office? Because that's a shady. It really, I mean, there is an, I know people always say stuff like, it's always the ones you most expect, but there is an uncanny, it's not just schadenfreude. It's a genuinely uncanny feeling when a public person who just rubs you the wrong way, you just realize it's so much worse. And it's not just the tawdriness of this entire assembly of facts about Matt Gates and what's going on. It's fucking crazy, man. It's crazy. All this stuff is crazy.
0: It's crazy for anybody. It's particularly crazy for somebody with so much to lose. Somebody who's wealthy, somebody who is a
1: politician, it's just insane. The fake ID stuff is crazy. The, the paying sex workers or escorts or, you know, dates with Cash App or whatever is crazy. Growing up in the Truman Show house is crazy. His fucking head and face are crazy. Showing nudes on the floor of the house is crazy. Sometimes I little I raz Pod Save America because half the time they're on mic, they're just like, This is so unbelievable. We never would have done this in the Obama administration. But I gotta say, man, this is so unbelievable. And they never would have done this in the Obama administration. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is the kind of thing where I'm like, man, I think that P-Tape might be real. Cause if this is the level of reality we're dealing with, if this is the insanity that the good Lord has sought fit to provide us with, that P tape must be real. That P must be flowing. Election Profit Makers, the podcast you've been listening to and enjoying, low these many months, is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. It's important to note that these days, the only real money we're making is via Patreon a super cool website, patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. We would truly appreciate your support. Our most recent Patreon-only episode was a Q&A spectacular starring John Kimball. We discussed Skylines, Chapel Hill indie bands, and many other topics of universal appeal. We would like to get a fresh round of listener questions. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com is the address to send us Questions, queries. Let us know if I forgot anything about Matt Gates. If you would like to join the Matt Gates resignation by May 1st Posse, this is a Posse that we've started. You can log on to Predict It and get up to $20 in matching funds. That's just free money that you can drop in that market. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM 20. You'll receive up to $20 in matching funds. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or maybe Stitcher or Spotify or Overcast. Do those other podcasts even have review spots? I don't know, man. I think only Apple does. You know what? Do this hand to hand. Tell a friend this week about election profit makers. We'd like to boost our listenership. So spread the good word on this Easter weekend and subscribe to the show, of course, so you can get the new episodes as quickly as possible. We'd also like to say that this week is Starly Kind's birthday week. So send her birthday wishes. Starley, happy birthday. Many happy returns. Happy birthday, Starley. That's it. Another classic episode of Election Profit Makers is in the bag. I've been one of the hosts. David, I'll say goodbye to my co-host, John. Bye, David. Good stuff from John Gimble Thanks. That's the basketball report here on Election Profit Makers. Celebrating the career of Coach Roy Williams, who announced his retirement last week. One of the best ever.
0: Enjoy the national championship tomorrow night. I think it's going to be a good one. It's the first time the top two seeded teams have met for the title game since 2005 when Illinois and UNC played. And UNC won, and it was Roy Williams' first national title. So I'm bringing it full circle there.
1: Time is a flat circle. True Detective, season four, Roy Williams and Matt Gates. There's no crime those two can't solve. We will be joined with Starley next week and we will continue this important discussion about our nation and how to make money off its many travesties. Have a good week. Stay safe. Goodbye.
0: going to be a weird episode with all that Roy talk. We'll see how that goes over.